Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Gary Mack, hope everyone had a good week out there. And before we get started, happy 4th of July to everyone. Yes, it is the holiday weekend is coming up on us. And uh, next Tuesday, as we record this on the 29th of June, Thursday the 29th of June, next Tuesday is July the 4th. So I won't not be speaking to you again before then. So happy 4th of July to everyone out there. And, we're going to start off with some sad news this week. Uh, Mets former Met fan favorite Anthony Young, a pitcher who is known as the owner of baseball's longest losing streak, sadly passed away Tuesday at the age of 51. In January, it was reported that Young had an inoperable brain tumor. Early Tuesday, former teammate Lenny Harris tweeted Young was in a coma, and later in the day, his passing was announced by the Mets. Anthony was a true gentleman, former Met Turk Wendell said. Uh, he's he's uh, participated with Young in the fantasy camp the last several years. At this year's fantasy camp, he told us he had a brain tumor. That was Anthony. He never ran away from anything. Young was drafted by the Mets as a 38th round draft pick out of the University of Houston in 1987. He reached the major leagues in August of 91, but the following season he began with a still a record losing streak, dropping 27 consecutive decisions from May 6, 1992 to July 24, 1993. Despite notching a solid 3.89 ERA during his career, Young finished with a record of 15 and 48. So uh, a young man, 51, uh, gone from us, uh, way too young. Anthony Young passed away this past week. Uh, other than Mets news, the Atlanta, Bra well, not really Mets news, or is it? The Atlanta Braves have designated veteran pitcher Bartolo Colon for assignment. The team announced today Colon, 44, had an all-star season last year with the Mets, but had a disappointment, uh, disappointing season this year, going 2-8 with an 8.14 ERA. He returned Wednesday after being on the disabled list since June 6th for a strained oblique and a stiff back. He gave up six runs on eight hits and three walks over four innings of a 7-4 loss to the Padres, the third straight start in which he failed to reach the fifth inning. So Bartolo Colon has been uh, released, in a, in a sense, designated for assignment by the Atlanta Braves. All right, on to the Mets. They were swept by the Dodgers last week and looked absolutely miserable doing it. I mean, let's be honest. They were terrible. Last week at this time, they were in L.A., and they lost the, the fourth game. Looked just, just plain awful in L.A. Went to San Francisco, and I don't know. Must have perked them up because they swept the Giants, and this is what's crazy about this team. You never know what to expect. As good as they looked against the Giants was as bad as they looked against the Dodgers. And 
where is this true team? Continuing the road trip, they went to Miami, lost the opener there, won last night uh, after strong performance by Stephen Mass. He was off, awesome. And they take on uh, the Marlins again tonight as we record this in the rubber game and have a 2 nothing lead. But uh, go figure that the way they played in L.A., that if they can hold on and win tonight, this road trip will actually be in 5-5 five and five and not half bad. But uh, they just look so bad in L.A., and it really took a lot of the starch out of the fan base and, and I think out of the team. And, and lo and behold, more injuries occurred Uh it, it's it's getting ridiculous. It really is now. Uh, let's go down the, the, the list of injuries. Michael Conforto is the latest. He got hit on a wrist in San Francisco. Tests have come back negative, but he still has not been able to play since then. He'll be back in action. Uh, he was hoping for uh, the other night against the Marlins, but hasn't played. And uh, it is revealed as a severe bone bruise, and those things can sometimes take a long time to heal. Uh, the Mets placed right-handed pitcher Robert Gizelman on the 10-day disabled list, recalled infielder Matt Reynolds from AAA Vegas. The team announced prior to last night's game. Mets manager Terry Collins said Reynolds was en route from Las Vegas last night and was expected to arrive in time for the game, and he is playing tonight. Gizelman left Tuesday night's game against the Marlins in the fourth inning after suffering a left hamstring strain while running to uh, while running to first base, and it looked very bad. But um, so uh, so be it. Another injury. Uh, keeping with the injuries, they hope that uh, Zach Wheeler will make his way back. He's expected to return from the disabled list from biceps tendonitis tomorrow and could pitch as early as Saturday against the Phillies. And Neil Walker has resumed uh, some baseball activities. He is in the beginning of the stages of running, he told reporters on Wednesday. He was placed on a disabled list on June 15th and has begun hitting and fielding and is pleased with his progress so far. So that brings you all up to date on that front. I guess the other big news for the Mets this week is that uh, Tim Tebow was promoted from low A Columbia to high A St. Lucie, and he crushed his first home run with Class A Advanced St. Lucie in the nightcap of a doubleheader on Wednesday night. Playing the second game of the Mets affiliate after promotion from low A Columbia, Tebow crushed a homer to center off of Cardinals prospect Junior Fernandez. The right hand is the Cardinals' 10th ranked farmhand, according to MLB. .com. So, uh, Tim Tebow gets promoted. Don't know why, but he hits a home run. So, the, so maybe they know more than we know anyway. Uh, but uh, Tebow gets promoted. 
Triple A Las Vegas shortstop Ahmed Rosario and Double A Binghamton catcher Thomas Naito will represent the Mets at the Futures game during All-Star Weekend at Marlins Park in Miami. It was announced today. Rosario and Naito are set to play for the world team against the U.S. team, which the Mets have no representatives on, during the game which takes place on July the 9th. Rosario, 21, is hitting 315 with a .356 OBP and a .468 slugging percentage with seven home runs, 14 doubles, six triples, and 13 steals in 76 games this season for Las Vegas. Naito, 23, is hitting 254 with a 2.293 OPB and a .392 slugging average with five home runs in 54 games for Binghamton. He hit 321 last year as he uh, uh, played for High A St. Lucie. So uh, Thomas Naito... Tomas Naito and Ahmad Rosario will be in the future games for the Mets. All right, time to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have a guest to talk about the Philadelphia Phillies. So stay with us. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the Internet today about their teams. But it always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. And I'm back, and joining me tonight is Corey Sharp of Phillies Nation, a Phillies blog and a podcast. And Corey, welcome to Mets Musings. Thanks, thanks, Gary. Thank you for having me. Oh, anytime. Now, uh, Phillies are coming in this weekend uh, to uh, play the Mets, and it's been a rough year, let's be honest, for both teams. <laughs> both teams have struggled mightily. Um, different things that we, we had thought were going to happen aren't going to happen. Of course, the Mets were looking towards the World Series, and the Phillies were looking just to, I guess their main goal was trying to get near, near 500 as they could. Uh, and uh, as we know, both teams have kind of... Uh, taking a left turn from that so um let's just start with an overall thing Corey. um what happened with the phillies plans this year 
Well, it, it was kind of funny. I, I think the, the first thing that, uh, that we needed to address was our bullpen. And one of the first moves after the World Series was uh, trading uh, for Pat Neshek, who's been probably one of the best, most effective relief pitchers the, uh, the past four or five, six years. Um, same with Joaquin Benoit later in the, um, in the off season. So we, uh, we really thought, thought our bullpen was going to hold a lot more leads, uh, than they have as well as our, our, and we thought our starting pitching would be a lot better, obviously not the case. And, uh, thus we are the worst team in baseball. Now, um, we just got done with the, uh, draft and, uh, the Phillies have, uh, uh, a lot of people have been ranked as the ninth best farm system in baseball. Um, how about some of the draft picks? Are you guys happy with some of the picks that they made? Do you think they filled any of the potential holes in the future? Or uh, I see your first uh, and second round pick they've already signed. Yeah, well, I mean, I know the first round pick, Adam Hazley out of uh, Virginia. It's funny he a lot. He's getting a lot of comparisons to. Uh, our first overall pick of last year, Mickey Moniak, who, uh, who isn't, isn't tearing it up in the minor leagues. Um, but Adam Hazley, he's already um, been promoted to uh, single A uh, to the Williamsport Crosscutters. Uh, he played three games in the Gulf Coast League. He went seven for 12 uh, with a double and a triple. And um, yeah, now he's at, at single A. So it's funny. It's our, our, um, front office is pretty slow uh, to, to move guys up, but after three games in, I guess they felt like he was ready, uh, thus being a college player as well. So he's kind of further along than, than the average high school kid is. So mm-hmm. it, it was kind of a shock that our first round pick was, was so similar to Mickey Moniak. So I don't know if, if they're not thrilled with his development or what, but it kind of raised some questions here in, uh, in Philadelphia. Well, you know, it does happen sometimes. They uh, pick a guy, and, and sometimes they're late bloomers. Uh, look at Michael Conforto. It sounds like uh, Hasley is, is kind of following along that track. He came, well, he went right to Brooklyn uh, in the Penn League and uh, tore it up, and uh, within a year and a half later, he was with the Mets. So maybe the same thing for Hasley if, they, uh, if he keeps uh, tearing it up and hitting the way he's been hitting. I don't think he's yeah yeah that's the same thing with uh, with Tommy Joseph uh, the first baseman he you know he had a, a series of concussions uh, in the minors and he he's I believe he's twenty five now so he he was a late bloomer uh, so he's he's a good example of that. Now um, you know we we talked a little bit about how the uh, Phillies are struggling this year as well as the Mets are, um, but th- there have been reports that possibly. Uh, the Phillies are tanking this year. Is there any truth to that? Do you think, or anything you noticed that would say maybe they're on tanking a little bit here to get that number one pick next year? <laughs> no, no, it's funny. Somebody else asked me that, and I think it's it's really hard to, to tank in baseball. I mean, <laughs> basketball is so much easier. There's only five players on the court. Football right. is tough to so. With baseball, I, I don't think there's such a thing as tanking. And like I said. Their bullpen was expected to be their main, um, their strong suit this year. I even wrote about that in the offseason. Um, Hector Neris, who who's at times has an unhittable uh, splitter, him and Jamar Gomez, who was the closer last year, and, but everybody knew he wasn't a closer. 
So he, he mm-hmm. was going to be that sixth or seventh inning guy. Inning guy. And in 2015, I believe he had an ERA of 3.04, somewhere around there. So he was, he was effective. Uh, like I said, um, Joaquin Benoit, uh, Pat Neshek, and Edubre Ramos, who um, showed real good promise last year. He was 24 years old, had a 3.83 ERA in about 40 games. You know, a lot of you know he he had closer stuff. He had a you know he threw in the high 90s and with a really good breaking ball. Uh, but it just it hasn't worked out. And and even we even signed Howie Kendrick and Michael Saunders and. Kendrick has worked out, but he's he's been hurt most of the year, and uh, Saunders Saunders hasn't. So, it, I, I really I don't think it's a tank job. I, I think it just got out of control really fast. Mm-hmm. And and some of the starting pitching didn't really perform as as well as it had last year. Um, um, but Aaron Nola's been pitching pretty good lately. But some of the other guys just haven't pitched as well. Yeah. Um, even with Nola, you know, sometimes, you know, he looks re- he's very inconsistent, though. So his last two starts, he looked really, really good. Um, and, and he's also been hurt. What's funny was last year he was probably topping out at 92, and he, and he had an elbow problem. So he decided to, um, to rehab it, and he's come back, and he's throwing 95, which is kind of <laughs> interesting. So we, we know his arm is, is pretty good. Right. But yeah, he had a back problem this year. Actually, the, it was the game after the Mets. I believe it was the second or third start of the year. Uh, he went on the DL for a month, and he and he when he came back, he threw seven innings, uh, one run against the the Pirates. But then his next two outings were bad, and he'll come back with a good outing. And so, but his last two were good against um, St. Louis, and um, it was the other day against uh, Seattle. So he looked really good. So hopefully he, he can. He can sustain it. Uh, Vince Velasquez seems to get hurt every year as well. Uh, he can't go more than five innings for whatever reason. So there's been a lot of chatter here that he, he, he'll be the next closer uh, just because he can't seem to manage his pitches. Right. Um, and, and Jared Eikhoff, he, we, we called him Mr. Consistent last year. I believe 27 starts out of 33 last year. He gave up three earned runs or fewer. Um, this year it seems five or six times this year he's walked at least three guys, which is very uncharacteristic of him. Uh, so right now he's on the DL. So yeah, it's been it's been pretty disappointing um, from a, a pitching standpoint. Um, a lot and Bob McClure, who's the pitching coach, has come under scrutiny heavily, um, and a lot of people have called for his job. I know on talk radio. <laughs> Well, on talk radio, they call for a lot of people's jobs constantly. True, but usually not the starting or the pitching coach. Yeah. Well, we're having some of those same issues here with uh, uh, essentially the same thing. Our bullpen and our, our starters. Um, the only difference is that our starters roll on the disabled list. So, right, right. If, if we could play the guys on the disabled list, we'd have you know a wonderful team, but. Uh, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have the deadline. The trading deadline is about a month or so away. Um, uh, I read where there are some, naturally, there's always going to be rumors about guys going, and, and some of the guys uh, on the, uh, the the rumor list was uh, guys like Michael Franco and uh, possibly Tommy Joseph and uh, Howie Kendrick, of course, and Nishak, as you mentioned, 
Um, wh- what do you hear, and uh, what do you think is most likely to happen? Uh, I, I definitely think they're going to get rid of the veterans um, as fast as possible. Um, Howie Kendrick, the M1, uh, they would have liked to get rid of Mike, Michael Saunders, but <laughs> they already cut him. Jeremy Hellickson, another one. And Daniel Nava, actually, who's actually had a, had a pretty good year, um, hitting two eighty three uh, with the three eighty five on base percentage. He was kind of a surprise. So um, th- those three, I would say, you know, are, are pretty definite because they, they need to get some of these guys up from the minor leagues. I mean, they they really they have some some players down there that that are that are already twenty four years old. You know, and in baseball, I mean that that's kind of that's almost old. Yeah, <laughs> you see guys now are, are nineteen and twenty coming up. You know, and so, so they really need to get these guys up there. I see I see those guys traded being traded. Tommy Joseph, I'm not I'm not too sure about him. I mean, uh, there there has been some talk about it. Uh, we have a first baseman in, in Lehigh Valley, a Triple A system. Uh, Reese Hoskins, who's sitting over 300, he has like 60 something RBIs in 75 games. Uh, somewhere in the in the vicinity, um, but I, I still think that the jury's still out on Tommy Joseph. Um, to me, I, I think he's exactly what his uh, his flash line says he is. He's a two. He's hitting 250 with a 312 OBP and a 449 plugging. Now that he's probably been the best hitter on the Phillies. Now that, that's not saying too much for hitting 250, <laughs> but. Uh, he, he's, he has he, he's been pretty clutch the last two months. He hit a big home run last uh, last night against Seattle um, to tie the game in the ninth inning. But I, I still think the jury's out on him. But but definitely the the elder statesman of the staff will, will get dealt. So it seems like they are going to be busy uh, come draft day, and uh, is a good possibility the Mets could be somewhat busy too. They need to clear some space and. And look, if if you can get rid of some of the contracts, now's the time to do it, right? Uh, I absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I uh, there's also been a report that uh, uh, Freddie Galvis was not too happy with the team recently. Uh, addressed the team in not such a friendly manner. Um, what do you hear about that? Yeah, well, he. I mean, it's, it's about time somebody got pissed around here. Honestly. Um, I think it, it was it was great that, that somebody stepped up. Um, nobody else is stepping up, not not even the manager, which which I'm not too happy about. Uh, I, re- I wrote a piece about that the other day, but it's funny. I, I don't I don't think it's a coincidence. Um, they won two games in Seattle. Uh, they scored four runs in the ninth inning to um, four insurance runs in the ninth inning Tuesday night to win eight to two. So they were up four to two in the ninth. And then they came back from a, a, a two uh, a one run deficit yesterday um, and scored two runs to win five to four. So that, that's something we haven't seen in months since April. And um, and like I said, it, it's about time that somebody got pissed and and the guys responded and, and they said they took it personal. So there you have it. So hopefully we can ride it into this weekend in this city field. <laughs> Has, <laughs> well, I hope not, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so has has Pete Mackinnon lost the clubhouse? I, you know, to me, I, I think he has. I, and in the same piece I wrote a couple of days ago, 
uh, last week against the Cardinals um, about a week ago today, um, there was there was conflicting reports about Pat Neshek's, uh availability. So this was last Wednesday. Um, Neshek arrived at the park and was told by Pete McKinnon he had the day off. So at the end of the game, um, the Phillies lost. Of course, I think they blew a lead, actually. They were up 5 mm-hmm. nothing. So he was asked, why didn't you use Neshek? And McCannon said that Neshek said he was too sore to pitch. So, they, so somebody's lying there. The next day, it was a Thursday afternoon, the Phillies won 5-1. to one. Um, Pat Neshek took over for Aaron Noll in the eighth inning. He needed five pitches to get out of, to get out of the eighth inning. He got out of it with a double play. And McCannon was asked, why didn't you use Neshek in the ninth inning? Because, you know, he's been your best pitcher. And uh, McCannon said that Neshek declined. Uh, he, he didn't feel like he had it, what were his words. And Neshek, reporters asked him, why didn't you go out? He said he was never asked. So the, mo- the most simplest acts of communication, McCannon isn't, isn't coming through. I mean, it's, it's like it's really not that difficult. And then Joaquin Benoit had um, – he, he had some words earlier in the year with, about McCannon about having set defined roles in order to be effective. He got shelled against Seattle early, earlier in the month at Citizens Bank Park. He gave up four or five runs in the seventh inning. So Benoit's beef was that he usually only pitches the eighth inning. And I understand they're, they're professional athletes. They're getting paid millions of dollars to, to pitch an inning. But – Pete McCannon was playing musical, you know, musical closers there for a time, and he wasn't announcing it. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you're messing with a player's mind to me when you're not communicating with them. So after one uh, save opportunity, Benoit gives up a, a home run to Bryce Harper earlier in May, and then and then he's gone as the closer. So, but he doesn't say anything. Then the next day, he brings in Hector Neris or the next opportunity. It was Hector Neris without saying anything. And to me, like I said, I know they're professionals and they make millions of dollars, but you, know, you got to communicate with these guys a little bit. And, and to me, it, it's shown he, he has them. Yeah, without a doubt. That's the, I mean, that's the whole job of the manager. That's basically nowadays right. is, is the communications with the guys. And if you lose that, it's such a, a hard thing. And, and I also heard about an interview he did uh, on the West Coast, I guess it was, uh, McKinnon I'm talking about, uh, about mm-hmm. Oda Bill Herrera. Oda Bill, I never can say that guy's name. Odubel. Odubel. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, said that he he tried talking to him. Maybe you do you know about that particular incident? Um, yeah, there was uh, quite a few. Um, Herrera is, is a, you know, I hate talking about guys like this, but I'm just calling it how I say it. He, he is a, an absolute headache. I mean, he, uh, he runs through a stop sign. This was again last week against the Cardinals. He, not, not only did he run through the stop sign, Juan Samuel, former Philly third base coach, he runs around him. So he didn't even take a good enough angle to cut off the base. You're mm-hmm. supposed to hit the, you know, the inside corner of the bag. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know what he was doing. He ran, I'd never seen that before. He ran around the third Jesus. base coach. So I've never seen anything like it before. Uh, the next day he was picked off a third base, a snap throw uh, from Yadier Molina. And then over the weekend in Arizona, he, he ignored a stop sign. Um, <laughs> another one. He was on first base. 
Pete McCannon put on the, the don't steal sign. I didn't know they had them, but <laughs> McCannon put it on and Oduble admitted to seeing it and knowing what it was, but he decided to go anyway. So in that, I think in that interview, he said he, he's really tough to deal with. Uh, he's just a, a very different personality. Um, you know, I, I agree with that. I mean, this year, at least, Herrera's head's been up his rear end 70% of the time. And uh, he's wearing out his welcome here. You know, p- people are tired of it. You can't hit. You know, the last last year he was an all-star. He hit uh, 286. His rookie year he hit 297. And uh, this year he's hitting 253. You can't you can't be hitting 250 and making some of the bonehead moves that he's he's been doing lately. So I think that's where the frustration's coming in. If you're not going to perform, you can't be a bonehead. Yeah, he hasn't established himself as this, you know, super all star that uh, a superstar all star that that uh, as you said, uh, the average is dropping, and and yet he seems to be uh, has his own set of defined. rules, and yeah, he's defined. Uh, you know, and uh, and it's a shame too because he is a talented guy. Yeah, no, he really is. It's funny, and last year um, when he was an all star, you know, as we know. And I looked it up. The first three months of the year, April, May, and June, he walked 42 times. Um, and in July, August, and September, he walked a total of uh, 21 times. This year, we're almost at the halfway point. He's walked 16 times. His on-base percentage is 293. So I, I don't know what happened. I know, he, and he got paid over the off-season. Uh, a very team-friendly deal, but you know, I think he got like 12 or 12, 16 million guaranteed. I think five years, 30 million, uh, two option years after the five years. So it ends up being, I think seven for 62, hmm. but so I don't, I don't know if that's got to his head. He's been asked about it. He said it hasn't. I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's all that focused this year. Yeah. And, and such a shame. Cause it was a great story. I mean, rule five draft, uh, they had to keep him on the team. They played him. He he really earned his way onto the team and and stayed. And now to you know you want like you said you wonder he gets paid and and now this. Yep, yep. It's just you you don't know what gets into the heads of these guys. You've got to, everything in front of you here. Professional baseball you're playing and uh, still, yeah, still yeah, can't keep taking it. it for granted. I mean. You know, I wouldn't, but I'm not in their shoes, so That's I guess I can't really comment. <laughs> That's right. Uh, finally, uh, I read that um, I know the bullpen's been bad, but Dominic Brown is pitching in the minor <laughs> leagues. <laughs> yeah, I saw that the other day. Yeah, he has an infinite uh, ERA of infinity. Oh my goodness! Is now is that a planned thing, or is that? Uh, uh, I know he was a highly touted guy, and and n- never really has lived up to his uh, his billboard. But uh, is this a planned thing, or is this one of those things where they just didn't want to waste a pitcher and they put him in? Yeah, I don't know. I read. I thought it was a um, it was a planned thing. He was going to resurrect, try to resurrect his career as a pitcher. But then when I saw the situation of the game it was the 14th inning so I, I don't know right if they ran out of pitchers and they thought that was the best time to use them or, or what i i thought it was a plan thing he, that's how he's going to resurrect his career i i haven't heard after that if yeah. he's going to continue after i think he faced five batters he gave up four hits yeah. 
and uh, walked walked the guy, and um, they all scored. So, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> there have been guys that have done it. So maybe it is. It, it almost seemed like it was a planned thing, like you said. Uh, in reading the article, it seemed like that. But uh, right, who, yeah. who knows? Uh, let's hope they have some better prospects down in the minors than uh, yeah. Dominic Brown is coming up to pitch. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> well, Corey, I want to thank you uh, for taking the time out. I know it's the last minute, so I really do appreciate you coming on tonight. And um, tell the folks uh, about Phillies Nation and, and where they can find it. Uh, Phillies Nation, uh, we, we call ourselves more than a blog. Um, we're on Facebook uh, at Phillies Nation, um, Twitter at Phillies Nation as well. Uh, and then on Instagram, we have an Instagram account. It's Phillies Nation and underscore um, as the last character. Somebody on Instagram took Phillies Nation. So don't forget the underscore. <laughs> and on Twitter as well, if I didn't say that already, it's just Phillies Nation. So, and then philliesnation.com is where you can find all our stuff. And it's also a podcast, too, I understand. Yes, we, we do have a weekly podcast. Um, our editor-in-chief, Tim Malcolm, who is the host of that podcast, brings on the writers um you know we have five writers so everybody gets a turn every week and also um he brings on a guest as well sounds terrific and and again yeah. thanks so much for coming on tonight guys yeah, thank you for having me anytime uh, all right and we'll be back right after this hey baseball fans and book fans as well this is frank nappy author of the legend of mickey tussler series inviting all of you to learn more about my protagonist, Mickey Tussler, an incredible pitching prodigy who has autism. Follow Mickey's journey as he captures the hearts of fans everywhere with his blazing fastball and indomitable spirit. Please visit Amazon or www.franknappy.com for more information. Hi, this is the world-famous Mr. Brewtown of BrewtownSports.Potomatic.com. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, Plus, uh, Brewtown Sports. You can also listen to the show at Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and iTunes.com. And we've got the new one. It's called BrewtownRadio.Webley.com. But the one that I'm most proud of being on is BaseballPodcast.net. It is the home of great baseball talk shows. Check it out, my show and all kinds of other programs all about Major League Baseball. So check it out. That's BaseballPodcast.net, the home for great baseball talk shows. The Phillies and Mets rivalry has never been better. Hi, my name is Rich Baxter, and I host Phillies Talk Podcast. I hope you'll join me as we talk all about the Phillies all season long. That's Phillies Talk Podcast at fightinphillies.com. And now back to Gary Mack and this great edition of Mets Musings. Five one six six one nine six three four one. That is the comment voicemail hotline. If you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line, leave us a comment or a voicemail question, anything at all. Call that number five one six six one nine six three four one, or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen, and that's a speak pipe, and you can leave a voicemail right through your com- computer through your computer's microphone, 
Or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. And uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page. Check out the campaign at patreon.com slash Mets Musings. Okay, one last thing before we go. Astrubal Cabrera has changed his mind. Last week, Cabrera complained to reporters about learning that he had been moved to second base after having played only shortstop during his time with the Mets. I always want to be here, Cabrera told Mike Puma of the New York Post. This is a great team. In that moment when I said that, I wasn't saying I want to get traded. I was just saying it didn't seem like they had a plan for me. If they've got a plan, they should tell me. In the five games since taking over at second for the injured Neil Walker, Cabrera is 10 for 21 with a home run, two RBI, and he has scored five times. In the field, he hasn't committed an error and has helped turn five double plays. So maybe that'll uh, tell you something, uh, Astrubal, that you should have been there all along. So don't be complaining that you want to get traded when it's worked out good for you. Well, that does it for this edition of the podcast. This edition is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. If you would like to help in keeping this podcast going, I urge you to check out our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash metsmusings. So thanks for listening to this episode. And until next time, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.